Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. Yesterday, news about the St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office broke not too long after we started our show. And that news was official confirmation that Kim Gardner was resigning, effective immediately, from her position as St. Louis Circuit Attorney. There were already myriad questions about the office and Gardner's sudden resignation has certainly added more. Rachel Lipman, STLPR's justice reporter, is here to catch us up on what we know and what remains to be answered. Rachel, welcome back to the show. Always a pleasure, Elaine. Yeah. Yesterday was quite a whirlwind. Um, Kim Gardner resigned two weeks earlier than she said she would. Do we know why, Rachel? No, we do not. <laughs> We uh, know what her supporters are saying, but the bottom line is she has not provided a reasoning as to why she made the decision to depart more than two weeks earlier than expected. Uh, she was originally had originally said she would depart on June 1st. Mm-hmm. Now, we learned on Monday, on the same day, that a St. Louis uh, judge had called Gardner's office a rudderless ship of chaos earlier this month that Gardner had spent several hours doing clinical work in South City as part of her studies in a graduate nursing program at St. Louis University. What can you tell us about that? This was in a filing from Attorney General Andrew Bailey in what is now likely to be a defunct quo waranto motion. That was his effort to push Kim Gardner out of office. He had been asking for records from St. Louis University and from this family health clinic to determine whether or not Gardner was in this role or, you know, what time she was spending on these graduate level uh, works. And she was the Gardner had been asking her attorneys had been asking for these records to not be released, saying they were not relevant to the investigation. And the documentation that she had been serving in a clinical role at this uh, South City facility came in Bailey's response to her effort to stop these records from being released. And is that primarily um, what Gardner um I'm sorry, what was being investigated, like the the documents? Were there other things that were being investigated by Bailey? Or was it primarily the stuff that had to do with St. Louis University and the nursing program? I'm not specifically sure what you're asking with that question. The documents were for a, you know, he had requested a wide variety of documents from a wide variety of parties, including the uh, court, the circuit attorney's office herself, from other entities in and around the criminal legal system in the city of St. Louis, but had also expanded it to St. Louis University to determine whether Gardner was, in fact, biding by the state law that required her to devote her uh, full time to the duties of her office. Mm -hmm. Now, under Missouri law, circuit attorneys, as well as their assistants, must, quote, devote their entire time and energy to the discharge of their official duties. Did Attorney General Andrew Bailey, did he have a good case? So what you have to remember is that Bailey was not specifically investigating whether or not she had violated this specific state law. Again, this quo waranto motion, which was his legal effort to force Kim Gardner out of office, is 
likely is all but essentially dead. Both sides now agree, seem to agree that because she is out of office, this motion no longer stands. It is what is known in court parlance as moot. The question in my mind, had this case gone forward, was always going to turn on how the judge, Thomas Chapman, interpreted the phrase, usurp, intrude, or unlawfully hold or execute the office. It was pretty clear that something had gone wrong in the office. It was just a question of whether this was willful dereliction of duties or something else. With the attorney general's apparent evidence that she had, in fact, spent time during working hours meeting the goals of this graduate program, it could have provided enough evidence to convince Chapman that, yes, in fact, she was not fulfilling the duties of her office and willfully neglecting them. However, that question will likely remain unresolved because with Gardner no longer in office, that case appears likely is moving in the direction of being thrown out, being Mm. dismissed. And if we do take a step back then, insofar as what was going on in Kim Gardner's office, why did a St. Louis judge call it a rudderless ship of chaos? We don't know exactly what the precipitating incident was for this latest collapse. It certainly came out in a February incident involving the crash that uh, severely injured a 17-year-old volleyball player, Janae Edmonds. What it, uh, Edmondson, excuse me. Mm -hmm. What appeared to have happened was staffing had gotten so low in the office, whether because of Gardner's inability to manage the staff. What people forget is that the circuit attorney's role, while they are objectively or seemingly the top prosecutor in the city of St. Louis, in a circuit this big, they are not in court most of the time. They are a manager of an office. They set the tone, yes, but they are also hiring, maneuvering, assigning people to cases and making sure that there are enough people to run a busy circuit. Mm-hmm. It is apparent that somewhere along the line, whether it was because of her inability to manage, her behavior, her own decisions, etc., they simply did not have the bodies to operate a busy prosecutor's office in the city of St. Louis. So attorneys were leaving. Attorneys were not showing up for trial. Correct. They were were just simply understaffed. In the resignation letter Gardner emailed to Governor Parson yesterday, she wrote that she'd worked with St. Louis County prosecuting attorney Wesley Bell to, quote, ensure a comprehensive transition plan. And she wrote further that this was to ensure a smooth transition. Bell's spokesperson told reporters yesterday downtown that attorneys from his office had been in the St. Louis Circuit Attorney Office this week to learn procedures. But then Governor Parson later in the day said he didn't know anything about that. Rachel, what's going on here? I think it's evident that Gardner and Bell had just been trying to keep the office functioning. However, Gardner does not appear to have any authority to ask the court to name Wesley Bell her successor. The ability to fill a vacancy in that office applies solely to the governor of the state of Missouri. There was no ability to give him any kind of role in which he would assume the full authority to the best that I can tell not a lawyer, that's a major caveat, but there doesn't appear to be any mechanism in state law where she would have the authority to turn it over to an unappointed, the authority of her office 
to an unappointed individual. Mm -hmm. Regional prosecutors, including Wesley Bell in St. Louis County, as well as the prosecutors from St. Charles, Jefferson, Franklin, Lincoln, and Warren counties, they've all pledged to offer assistance if they're asked to do so by the governor. And Bell's spokesperson told us this morning that, quote, Ms. Gardner's resignation put an end to the transition she had initiated with our office. Now, turning to the governor, what has Governor Parson done? Governor Parson is expected to begin interviewing permanent candidates for the role sometime this week with the potential to announce on Friday. What we understand is that an individual named Evan Rodriguez has been named kind of an interim circuit attorney until a permanent successor is named. That is likely just simply because the office needs somebody there to hire and get it operating again. Mm -hmm. And we know that the attorney general's office is also expected to provide individuals to help with that. He specifically named Bill Corrigan, who had been prosecuting the likely defunct Quo Waranto proceedings, to come in and just get the gears going. Mm -hmm. The last time a circuit attorney resigned in the city of St. Louis was 1992. But that was an office that was functioning. There didn't need to be an interim individual in to just keep the wheels of justice going. Right. What is it that we know about Evan Rodriguez? Just that he works for Governor Mike Parson's office. I haven't been able to get much information about him. He is basically, unless the governor chooses to make him the permanent successor, which doesn't seem likely, just a placeholder because they need someone there to operate that office. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the timeline goes, you were mentioning that Governor Parson says that he plans to appoint a successor by this Friday. It's a he said he order. could probably appoint by Friday. He will appoint the individual when he appoints the individual. Mm-hmm. Now, Parson is a Republican, and St. Louis is heavily Democratic. How does that play into what Parson is doing? He told reporters yesterday while he was in town for the opening of a child care center that politics was not going to be a consideration in this appointment, that he wasn't going to care whether the person was a Democrat or a Republican. Right now, it the office just needs somebody who can get in there and get it functioning. Yeah. Now, you know, there's a there's two different ways of looking at that. Do you want someone who may look to run for the office and so that there isn't another transition in 2025? Or do you get someone in there who has no political ambitions and is therefore able to stabilize, hire people, get them on, and then turn a functioning office over to whoever is elected in 2024? Mm-hmm. Now, as far as a functioning office goes... I mean, to put a finer point on uh, the practical effects, with there being so much turmoil there in the circuit attorney's office, what are those practical effects and who is being hurt most by this? The victims and the defendants are really the people who this is impacting the most. The victims of violence in the city of St. Louis are not getting the opportunity to see if they are choosing to use the criminal legal system, a form of justice. Defendants are not uh, having their speedy trial rights addressed. Um, They are sitting in what are accused to be bad conditions in the uh, criminal justice center. And prosecutors themselves are forced to violate ethical tenets of, you know, spending the time on their cases. The the system itself is the victim here, and it explains and shows just how large of a cog in the system the prosecutor can be. Yeah. Now, you'd mentioned earlier there are some people who 
who still do support Kim Gardner, and supporters of her have called her resignation a, quote, political lynching that stems from when she began her prosecution of former Missouri Governor Eric Greitens. Rachel, what do you know about who's still in Gardner's corner? The individuals who stood up yesterday in the, they were in the courtroom for a hearing in the Quo Ronto proceedings and then came out afterwards and spoke. It's older, uh, kind of older guards of black activism in the city of uh, St. Louis. Those were the ones who were publicly there and publicly standing out. She had the support of reformers as well, who uh, supported her ideas for the criminal justice system and how to change them in the city of St. Louis. But it's a lot like football and, you know, American football and defensive and (laughs) offensive schemes. If you don't have the basics of blocking and tackling down, you can't implement these, you know, complicated plays. And it had become evident that she could not even make the the criminal justice system function at its most basic level. Mm-hmm. Well, to your point about plays, um, perhaps in what was Kim Gardner's last meaningful act, she filed a motion to vacate the conviction of a man named Christopher Dunn. And we've talked about Christopher Dunn's case on this show before. Dunn has spent more than 30 years for a a murder, um, has spent 30 years in prison for a murder that almost everyone agrees he did not convict. What can you tell us about that? Are you asking about the case itself or yeah, what has like, happened with gonna, Gardner's? Now that Gardner is has resigned, what are the prospects for for Christopher Dunn's I, okay, case? I, th- I think what we're missing here is the fact that, before, like you mentioned before, she resigned. She had filed the motion to vacate the conviction of Christopher Dunn. That is a separate legal proceeding. Mm. We don't know whether the incoming successor to her, the appointed successor, will continue that case or whether it will be low down on the list of their priorities. But her resignation does not automatically stop that case. There would have to be actions taken by her successor for that to stop. Mm -hmm. And what do you think it will take to bring stability to the St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office? I think you just need people right now. There needs to be people available to handle these cases, to prosecute these cases, to charge cases that are brought to you by the police department. It just needs to function. And for whatever reason, that hasn't been happening over the last, especially four months. But I think if you went back farther, you would see that there are problems a lot before that. Okay. And in a sentence, what are you looking for next? I think we will have to, the biggest next question, obviously, is who is her temporary successor or appointed successor? Rachel Lipman is STLPR's justice reporter. Thanks so much, Rachel, for catching us up. Pleasure, Elaine. Today's episode was produced by Alex Hoyer. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dork. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. 
It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.